Welcome to the Architectural Education Off the Record Podcast, where we discuss everything, something, and nothing about architecture. I'm your host, Vincent Hui. In this episode, we're going to be joined by two co-op students, and they're going to tell us about the transition between working conventionally in an architecture office and what we're faced with now, which is basically a lot of online meetings and a lot of online interactions with people. So I'm joined by Vanessa. Hi there. And Ben. Hi there. Okay, so both of them are in third year, going back into fourth year. So Vanessa, do you want to tell us, start off, where are you working at? I'm working with IBI Group in the transit department, and I've been there for, I think, almost over a year now. Yeah. I like how you have to think about that, because co-op <laughs> only goes for a certain amount of time, but okay. And then at the other side of things, we got Ben. Yeah, I'm currently working at Taylor Smythe, and I, I too have been there for over a year now. Okay. And just to put things in perspective, we got two firms, both you know situated in Toronto, but one is more of a smaller firm, which Ben's working at Taylor Smythe. And then Vanessa's working at IBI, which is quite a, a one of the largest companies in Canada with offices at various cities across the country. So just having said all that, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, because I thought it was appropriate to have everyone come to the table and speak their mind, because I've been getting a lot of questions from students that are not only about to go into co-op, but I've also got students from co-op asking, hey, am I getting the same type of experience that I otherwise would have had, had there not been a pandemic? I've also got a lot of students that are even in first year. Oh, guess what? I got a lot of kids that aren't that just are coming from high school into first year. It's really surprising. I, I'm, I'm like getting all these kids coming straight from high school and stuff, asking questions, which is great. So they are asking, hey, look, with the pandemic going on, uh, is co-op really worth it? Is the experience there? Uh, do I do different tasks? And I thought it'd be really appropriate to get you guys into the mix because as you might know, I deal with all these site visits and I, I've seen you guys as of late uh, virtually with you as well as your bosses. But I thought it'd be really good for you guys to enlighten the general population or our student population, our audience about what you guys have to deal with. So I'm going to start off with you, Vanessa. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me what were your duties in, in IBI prior to the pandemic and how have they changed since? Well, prior to the pandemic, I feel like everything's been the same. You still have the same workload. Nobody expects anything really different other than a few delays. So I've been working a lot on Revit and with the connection, remote connection to my desktop at work, it's been really difficult to like stay on time. So we actually have task codes where we have to dedicate an hour to COVID for any technical difficulties that we've had. But overall, in terms of the work I've done, it's pretty much the same, working on Revit, working on sheets and drawings, preparing presentations with clients. It's, it's been the same, really. Okay, that's interesting that you're, again, working in a larger firm, they actually have allocated uh, an hour every day. So yeah. about 10 to 12% of the time that you've been working every day, they mm -hmm. allocate that to specifically getting up to speed? Yeah, it's the COVID task code. We dedicate an hour just because of all the technical difficulties that we may have with the connection. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so that's interesting to hear because Ben, I gather that, is that the same case with you in a smaller office? Yeah, pretty much. We still oh, really? have the, yeah, we have the COVID task code in case anything goes wrong, any major issues. And yeah. we now meet weekly. So every Monday we have a, a meeting, quick meeting to go over what everyone's doing and what everyone's kind of working on or needs to start working on. And just when it, when it comes to the, is it the same uh, hour all allocation every day then for you? Uh, it depends. So if, if I do, if my internet shuts down, then I'll probably put a half an hour or so for that COVID task code. Mm -hmm. But if I have no issues, which I haven't had that many actually, then I don't put anything. I just put the regular hours. Okay. So then tell me about the smaller oper smaller office's operations, because Vanessa told me that she's pretty much done the same thing, mm -hmm. except just remotely. So is that the same for you? Pretty much. I, at the beginning, I was kind of bouncing around and doing a lot of different tasks in the smaller firm. So everything from markups to presentations and then working on proposal submissions. And it's been pretty much the same as, as of right now. Okay. So help me out here because if we know that working in an office, you really need, especially as a co-op student, you really need to have that mentorship, that guidance. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's not like you're just 
sitting behind a computer screen when you go to the office. Obviously, you're getting someone that's perhaps a supervisor, project lead, helping you out, guiding you on say, hey, this is how you do a revision. This is how you do mm -hmm. X. And perhaps sometimes it would be, let's go ahead and have a meeting with people. And we can, we're going to get to it in, in a sec, but there's obviously a lot to be said about seeing people face to face versus on screen even. For sure. Right. So, so Ben, starting with you, I mean, how would you say the, the kind of lack of physical presence impacted the kind of dynamic in, in your operation? I would say it had, it's had a pretty big impact because at, at Taylor Smythe, it's a fairly small studio space. So everyone's in shouting distance, basically. So if you needed any help with anything, you could just kind of yell across this room or just walk quickly and get somebody. And now you got to wait for a call or you got to send an email. So the interactions are a lot more distant. So, so if I understand this correctly, it's not like you guys are just like on one big group chat for the whole course of the day. It's just like you just call each other up in the middle of the day, mm -hmm. just go, hey, did you got this? Did you have this file ready? Or yeah. are you opening in that? Or like, is that what's going on? Pretty much, yeah. We do have a general uh, chat, but that's not really for tasks. We kind of met, we have uh, Microsoft Teams we use a lot, which mm -hmm. is like a direct messaging thing one in that particular mm -hmm. office but Vanessa I mean I've been to Ben's office and I've also been to your office Vanessa mm -hmm. and, and your office is an entire floor or multiple floors in a large you know corporate office right yeah so and your team is huge right oh yeah so so how, how do you negotiate dealing with the lack of physical presence in that context so basically it's the same thing as Ben usually I'd walk over to people's desks and just ask them the question if I needed anything or I'd shoot them a message on Teams as well. But lately now, my whole team and I have been living on Teams. Like we message each other nonstop, constantly have phone calls. And it's it's actually really interesting and sometimes difficult to deal with just because you want to show somebody what you're doing on your screen or like how to solve this problem. And then you have to troubleshoot through all that while talking to a screen or talking over the phone and well, it's but, yeah. but wait wait don't you guys have the ability to like remote access and re remote control other people's screens like yeah I, I, yeah so there's, why a you delay that? Still. there's still a delay with that i guess and it's sort of easier to have like that one-on-one -on -one conversation even when you have like markups that are printed up but now mm -hmm. everything's on the sheets online on pdfs and you just watch people like struggle to like draw a circle mm -hmm. or like mark something up highlight Mm -hmm. So I think it's so much easier with like the physical contact, just like being there with somebody in a meeting room and just like highlighting, changing, annotating and all that versus like waiting for somebody to mark something up or like watching them struggle through a screen, marking it up. But has this now changed the model of operations? Because I, I agree that in a typical uh, office and in typical operations, things are always very fluid where I have a little bit of a change here, I fix it and then I come back and give it to you. And you know, throughout the course of the day, that's a back and forth. I found that in, in certain offices, we've had scenarios where it's like, I'm gonna meet with you at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna go through all the edits and markups and then I'll revisit you at four because I got a bunch of other things and then I'll you know, lay down the changes again, you get those done and then I'll do the same thing, rinse, repeat. And, and that is a different model based on the fact that you know, I can't, have a, a sporadic attention span, right? So mm -hmm. Vanessa, has that actually happened in, in your office or is that just, you know, you guys still basically have the ability to say back and forth all through the course of the day? I think it's with certain people, you have that ability to like be in constant communication versus like people who are higher up, I guess, within my firm, where mm -hmm. it's more difficult to get a hold of them just because their schedules are so tight. And it's... But working with my teams, I feel like it is the same versus like hmm. you're going to go talk to your project manager directly or your architect or the interior designer working with you. Oh, so you have to actually use diagrams for that person. So uh, let's keep on going. Uh, ben, mm -hmm. uh, is the same yeah. thing with you? Like, are you still able to keep that dynamic where it's just kind of fluid or is it just like, no, man, meet me at this time and I'm going to do it? It's been, it's been fairly fluid. Sometimes it's hard to get a hold of like say Robert Smythe or something, if he's in too many meetings and has too many things going on at once, then you kind of have to wait for him to respond or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, usually we sometimes, if it's like a big project or a big deadline, we'll have specific times for the Zoom meetings and then we'll check in at the end of the day and then have another Zoom meeting hmm. and go over what needs to be done. 
So I, I get that. And I also hear that it's fairly easy to have adjusted from a regular workplace environment to this work from home. But I want to talk about just a couple of other things when we're talking about the interpersonal dimensions, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about meetings, right? I mean, when, whether it's Microsoft Teams or Zoom or Google uh, meetings or Google chats or whatever, right? It, it, it's dramatically different for, uh, you know, from seeing people face-to-face -face in a real room and picking up on say, you know, verbal and nonverbal cues. But then, you know, that's completely different from looking at this kind of, uh, you know, patchwork of little, you know, mini thumbnails of people smiling. It's like the Brady Bunch is on your mm. screen. So, I mean, do you find that there's a difference in working in meetings now, uh, you know, when, when we're on screen versus in real person? I feel like people have a harder time of reading when to speak, because sometimes there's a lot of overlap when they should jump into the conversation. Or if they want to show something and they, they're not too familiar with Zoom, it takes a while, like a little too long for them to bring up what they need to show. Mm. Yeah, okay. there's a delay, really. Because hmm. there's some people who are really proficient with Zoom and like <laughs> Microsoft Teams, oh, yeah. and there's others who who get pretty lost pretty quickly. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? So like, how much more proficient do you have to be I to mean, like raise your hand or to like say, hey, what's up? You'd be surprised with the the ability to share your screen or uh, mute yourself or something. Sometimes they'll be yelling in the background or they won't know how to share their screen and accidentally put a wallpaper behind them. So it gets, <laughs> gets kind of funny. Oh man, I got some stories. I'm just going to say this really quickly because I think you got a kick out of this. Um, as you might know, I have a certain knack for computers, right? And mm -hmm. I guess on faculty, I'm kind of the guy that's the go-to guy on things. So we'll be talking and doing something with like, it's an entire faculty meeting, like maybe it's like 20 or so faculty members. And you're straight up watching people go and try to do exactly that. Like, you know, whether it's muting themselves or something. Mm -hmm. But then I remember when you first started using Zoom, right? Um, you know how sometimes on laptops you have those little post-it notes or you have like a plastic thing that slides to open mm. and close the camera? right? Yeah. But that doesn't turn off the mic, right? <laughs> so, no. so I'm, I'm sitting in, in this meeting and then like someone's like, oh, Vince, how do I turn off the mic? I mean, how do I turn off the camera? And I'm like, oh, you can just uh, hit the, you know, hit the, the video button and just turn it off. And he's like, yeah, yeah I think it's off. But, um, you know, what's this thing on front of my lens in my, on this little hole in the, in the, in the top of my computer? And I was like, oh, you, you might want to block that off too, right? So, of course, he blocks that off, but he doesn't press the actual camera video button, right? <laughs> So oh, then, no. of course, he's presenting, he's like in this, in his, sorry, I'm not going to say he, but the person that I'm talking about is in, uh, well, I'm going to say fine, is in his bedroom and he's, and he's got an ensuite washroom. So we're all in this faculty meeting and it's like, okay, thanks Vince for t teaching me how to turn the video. So we start talking about this thing and no word of a lie in the meeting, you hear like some washroom sounds. Let's put it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the professor is relieving himself. And then all the faculty members are just too polite to say anything, but we all know what's going on. Right. And you see, you just watch all the faces of all the faculty members just go he, 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 like laugh. And then you hear the toilet flush and then you hear the hand washing. And then we're like, Oh, that's good. Of course we continue with the meeting. We're trying to be all polite, but then at the break in the meeting, it's like, Hey man, I'm glad you're, you're keeping safe and you're washing your hands all the time. Everyone's like low key making like jokes about like, Oh yeah, you're washing your hands. Oh, good flushing. Right. And then of course the prof has no idea that we're talking about the fact that guess what? We've been listening to you relieve yourself. Right. So I've, I've, yeah. And you can understand it's also very, very frustrating too. Like if you've ever had to help any of your colleagues, your older colleagues uh, mm -hmm. say share screen or do some basic things like, I mean, have you not had to do this? Have you not had to like kind of lose it on someone and just go, look, uh, just, just click that and click that. <laughs> yeah. It's the icon to the top right, just, just top right corner. No, no, the other right, you know, just click that, right? Have you not had that yet? Mm -hmm. Just end up sharing your own screen to show them what they should do on their screen. And oh, sometimes really? that'll break through. It's like a, <laughs> like a double mirror kind of thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Vanessa, have you had to do that? No, fortunately I have not, thank God. <laughs> Oh my God. Cause I think that the problem with the, the pandemic isn't so much that a lot of us are working online and there's a certain reasonable level of comfort, but I honestly feel bad for some of 
uh, our senior or our inexperienced digitally uh, colleagues, because um, I'll tell you right now, I I've had to sit on committees where certain people have refused or do not understand how to use uh, Google Docs, for example. Mm -hmm. So in lieu of the fact that they can't go to the school and print stuff off, I've had to actually make a run to the school, print stuff off, and then drop it off at people's places just so that they had hard copies to mark up, right? No. I've also, yeah. And then also when we said, okay, we're going to work on a committee, we're going to put together something on Google Docs. The, the, again, you send the link and the person that we're sending it to has no idea what's going on. You know, he'll say, hey, wait, 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 I wrote this word. How come it's got a strike through? How come I can't erase it? It's, it's not erasing. And I'm like, oh, that's someone else's markup. And he doesn't understand that that's a markup and it's someone else. Mm. And then he's like, wait, 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 who's typing this stuff? I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> Something's typing. Like, what, what? I got a virus, Vince. And I'm like, no, it's not a virus. That's just the way docs work. Like, honestly, can you, how do you explain to someone who's never worked with computers really, right? How do you explain to people what the cloud is, right? Mm. How do you explain to someone, you know, annotations and stuff when they've never had to do this, right? But now they're plunged right into the deep end, right? I'm really glad to hear that you guys haven't had to deal with that, but uh, it's, it's, it's problematic. And, and God willing, thank God for that uh, screen share and thank God for the kind of remote oh, access sure. because I've had to hijack a lot of people's computers in the last few months. And, and fortunately, you guys haven't had to do that. But that brings me to another question, right? So if we're not talking about the meetings and stuff, let's talk about just the IT setup. Okay, so mm -hmm. Vanessa, can you remind us, you just mentioned earlier about the remote access, but tell us about how you are able to operate from a hardware and software side. So basically, uh, my work provided me with another laptop that's dedicated uh, to the firm in our department. And from there, I just had to remote connect to the desktop that's physically in my office so I can use all the software that's on that computer versus downloading everything onto this new laptop where it's just not going to process just as like as fast right mm -hmm. but like there's difficulties if you have problems on your physical computer you need to call IT to go to your computer and fix it wait, wait so there's like a guy in IT sleeping in the office just like going okay reboot the machine <laughs> pretty much I'm not kidding I had a problem where they had to completely restart my computer. So the, I just listened to the guy on the phone call, get in the elevator, go to my computer, log in and everything. It's sort of amusing, but also I feel so bad for them having to sit there and just wait for issues. And, and just yeah. like, let, let's do a really rough, rough count, Vanessa. Rough count though. How many people work in the Toronto office? Oh, well, my department alone is 74, so I can't imagine how it is with all the other floors. So, so and that's, yeah, so there's 74 people on your one team, but like, I'm assuming a couple hundred at least people, we've like computers, got, computers at least? Yeah, we've got, I think, oh God, um, in terms of our IT department, we have a couple, I think we have 20 dedicated people. Oh my God, okay. Yeah, okay. but okay. I know of only three people in the office because I've gotten IT help from these three specific people. Like they're dedicated for like certain computers, right? So. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now that um, I think with the pandemic, we've realized that the frontline workers and the kind of uh, uh, these heroes that are coming out, it's not just simply the guys that are, you know, working the hospitals and, and kind of making sure that we're restocked and, and, shel and shelves are stocked with food. I think the IT guys are really commended, are to be commended for all the effort mm -hmm. that they're doing to keep the systems up, but also in dealing with people like us asking the stupidest of questions, <laughs> uh, which I can imagine. But Ben, coming back to you though, mm -hmm. so if, if Vanessa gets her own laptop, plus you get to keep another computer over in the office, mm. what do you got, man? I got just the desktop. So I went into the office, took the desktop and a monitor, and I have it set up at home. And then we have to connect via VPN to our server. So as mm -hmm. long as we're connected to the VPN, we have access to all the, the server files. And okay. then that, that way I get to keep all the software and everything and everything's pretty much the same. Okay, so that's good because I think a lot of people were asking like, oh my gosh, if I work in co-op, do I have to use my own laptop? And I was like, no. Um, do I have to do this and this? And do I have to use my sketchy software? Hell no, do not, do not use that cracked Russian version of whatever, right? Uh, so, so just don't, don't do that. So I'm glad to hear that we've got 
a perspective, everyone, on how we legitimately have transitioned with the right software and hardware um, into the workspace. But let's talk about that workspace now, okay? So, you know, Ben, you were just, like, prior to recording, what did yeah. you have to do with uh, your little situation with the sound? What did, tell, tell everyone what we had to do. Oh, plug in my mic? No, not that. But we had oh, to, my we had to dog. Put, we had to put down your dog, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We had to put down my dog. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> well, no, and now we, he's not barking, though, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See? Wait, wait, wait. So, wait, there were so many other things we talked about, but, but talking about putting the dog down was the issue? Come on. The thing is, we're talking about working from home. I was, as I was telling a couple of people earlier, I'm teaching studio right now, and it's not a big deal when I'm talking to a student and you hear like a dog barking or you hear mom and dad getting into an argument or you hear like brothers and sisters are kind of fighting or doing silly things, right? We, we kind of understand that that's the reality of today, right? Where there's no real professionalism, so to speak, but we get what's going on. And then even if there were like situations at home where like, and believe it or not, we've had situations where there are people getting divorced under the same roof and that's a rough place to be in while doing studio at the same time, right? You can understand that that's a lot to ask. So some people sometimes get, go and say, I, I, I need an extension. Not a big deal to me because again, everyone knows that I'm approachable, right, Vanessa? Very approachable. Yeah, you see, you, you delayed there. You guys <laughs> got to work on that timing. The thing about working in school is that there's a little bit of flexibility, but let's be honest here, in the professional realm, you know, you really don't want to have the dog barking in the background while you're talking to a client, right? Mm. Or you don't want to say, oh, you know what? I couldn't get this done because you know what? I had to help mom and dad buy groceries because they're older or whatever, right? So Vanessa, starting with you, like, do you find that you have to have a specific environment to work in? Because it's not like you're just chatting with your friends online, right? It's, it's, it's another type of professionalism that you have to undertake in converting your bedroom or your workspace at home. So can you just describe that? Yeah, for sure. I took over my dining room. I took over the whole table. Anybody who walks close to my dining room has to be completely silent. Even now, during this interview, I asked my whole family to stay quiet for this. It's really, they're, they're like, they're not happy with it, but it is what it is. You've got to make do with what you have, especially my brothers as well, because they have online school. Oh. So they have classes in the background. And if I have a phone call, sometimes my coworkers are like, is that your brother? And I'm like, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Okay. But and I'm, I'd also like to say it's dinner time right now in Vanessa's household. And uh, <laughs> please send my uh, apologies to your family for starving them for an hour. For sure. For sure. Um, but but then seriously, I like how she. Do you hear that, Ben? She called it her dining room. Do you notice that? Oh, her, yeah. her dining yeah, table. Yeah, actually. Like she's such a territorial oh. kid, man. What the hell? <laughs> okay, so so Ben, I, I know that you're working out of your basement. So you're still mm -hmm. working out of your basement, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, so so tell us about that kind of. Did you did you get it nice? Like I mean, no one else bothers you no, except the dog. Yeah, no, there's nobody else in the basement. I have my full, I previously, this was my workspace for like personal projects and school and stuff. And now this has become my, my workspace. And mm -hmm. what, ha what happened was my dad works from home. So he's right above me. And then my mom also works from home. So she just works in the living room. So everybody's what got their own What kind of mansion zone. do you have, man? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, the upstairs is pretty small. So then there's a lot of overlap between my mom and my dad. So there's okay. a bit of tension between the meetings and talking over each other. Just kind yeah, of funny. Yeah, just to be clear, everyone, uh, Ben happens to be a giant. Uh, we, we had this <laughs> yeah, discussion. Yeah. So, so when he says it's small, I, I mean, I don't really know. Like, was it ten foot clearing heights for your for your household, man? Oh like, no, I wish. I, I don't know, man. You're a big boy. So, <laughs> just just coming back to that though, like. I, I found it funny too. Like, do you have to, like, we know that, for example, in Zoom, you can put mm -hmm. in interesting backgrounds, right? Like, mm -hmm. it was funny. The first faculty meeting we had, it was so evident that all the faculty members that, you know, knew how to use a little bit of Zoom had a little mm -hmm. bit of fun with it. So we saw the backgrounds from, like, you know, Jen MacArthur was underwater. I think uh, <laughs> Arthur was with the Northern Lights in the background. I can't remember who had, um, was it Hitesh or Romani was like, you know, had tropical things in the background. It was just like, everyone's doing their thing. And at the same time, the people are like, oh, Vince, can we see you? And I'm like, no, I'm too ugly. And then also they're like, you know, I got, my background's terrible. No, like I, I live, <laughs> I live in, in like, you know, I, I really had no choice during the pandemic, uh, just as an ongoing story. 
I, I saw my kids for the first time in months since the pandemic last weekend because I've been staying in Toronto trying to take care of my parents. So I've been living in like random closet spaces in my parents' place. So the, the thing is, have you guys had to like kind of establish a good background so that when you're talking, because obviously, you're, mm-hmm. you know, it benefits to have that video and the face-to-face time. But do you find that you have to curate your background? Because like I remember looking at Ben, remember yeah. when we were yeah. looking, when I was when I had a meeting with you, Ben, I was like, oh my God, is that a dartboard yeah, in the background? Yeah. It's like, he's got a ball in the basement, <laughs> right? Um, so do you find that you have to like dress up and kind of project a certain level of professionalism and then knowing full well that you're communicating to architects and clients, they're all For judgmental sure. and stuff. For like, sure. do you find that you have to do that? Yeah, yeah. I have my co- camera positioned perfectly. So if anybody walks behind me, they can't be seen. <laughs> and then my reactions have gotten so good with the mute button. So if somebody's <laughs> yelling coming down the stairs, I can mute super quick. So that's... <laughs> That's a new talent. Yeah, so so we're advancing. We're advancing. Okay. And then, Vanessa, do you have to, like, you know, you were talking about, like, kind of telling everyone to shut the hell up around the (laughs) dining room table because you must be Miss Popular in your house. But, like, have you had to, like, go on video and ensure that people don't see things? Well, lucky for me, I haven't actually had to have a lot of uh, video calls where I have to show my face. But when I do, I do set myself up in my in another space, make sure like I have a neutral background. Usually that's like my closet wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I change my shirt, make sure I look professional top up. And then, (laughs) and then, and then that's it. I ask everybody to be quiet. I look decent enough on camera and that's good enough for all the architects and engineers that I have meetings with. Okay so just for the record though uh, it's been said that closets are probably the best place to actually hold Zoom meetings. Uh, it's it's true like acoustically the uh, ambient noise outside is dead uh it deadens the clothing inside deadens the sound and typically you don't have like posters and stuff in your closet so it's it's a really good idea right so so good on you but let's <laughs> talk about the clothes for a sec because I'll, I'll tell you right now in studio I'm not joking. Like every week I get asked by somebody, right? Um, so what you wearing, Vince? And it's like, dude, that's kind of creepy, man. Like, what? yeah, like you, okay. So, so uh, maybe you guys don't know this, but I got some seriously judgmental colleagues, but like as some profs would say, Vince, you dress like you're a homeless person, right? And the, the question always becomes, so what are you wearing, Vince? And I'm like, what do you mean? And, and I think that's an HR violation right there, buddy. So <laughs> what, what often happens though is I, I'm not even joking because now I don't have to like commute down to work, right? We all know that I can save easily an hour and a half, two hours, some for some people, three hours from transit, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Now, now I'm just like, I, I, do my, I do my work and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go and take a shower before the next meeting, right? Like, it'll be like, you know, in the middle, like I got, I got an extra 20 minutes or something. This meeting ended early. I'm going to go take a shower, right? So I'll take a shower and it's like, oh man, okay, crap. I got I to gotta find a way to get back online. So I will literally go into some meetings and then it's unsalable. Um, I'll just put on a shirt and underwear and it's like, oh man, they're already online. So I get on and then like, it'll be, I, I'll, I'll be teaching a class. Or I'll be giving a lecture and I'll be honest, I'm not wearing pants, right? Um, <laughs> hey, if you guys knew where I lived, man, like air conditioning and whatever, like, I, come on, it gets hot sometimes, right? Like, honestly, have you guys figured out your kind of professional attire now in the age of the kind of pandemic, Ben? Yeah, yeah, I definitely still just wear the dress shirts and I'll usually have track pants, but from the top <laughs> up, I'm good to go. Exactly. Top exactly. <laughs> up is all you really need. So, so track pants and shorts is all the rage now. Yeah, is that, is that then, what I get? And then complimented with a nice dress shirt, and you're perfect. Well, yeah. you know what's you know what's kind of funny. The other day when I was doing laundry, I realized like I had tons of underwear, which is great that I had to wash. But then I had one pair of socks, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. and I, it, but it's because I realized I've never like you know I went that one time to go outside to get groceries and everything else. I was like, mm, whatever, right? Mm. Just just compare that though to what again because we want to get a perspective here. In the typical day though, obviously mm. you won't be wearing track pants. Has so the top up stuff is still the same as what you would normally wear in the office. I'll start yeah. with Vanessa. Yeah, for sure. Any shirt that I've already worn to the office, I make sure that's the shirt I grab for the meeting. Hmm. Yeah. And, and Ben, same thing. Yeah, same thing. I even do it sometimes, uh, even if there's no meeting, just because I feel like I need that to differentiate when I'm relaxed off work and when I'm actually in work. Hmm. So that, that tends to help me, keep me focused. You know what? That's not weird at all, because I'll tell you right now, I have these weird conversations with profs sometimes, and then you'll talk to one of the profs, and then the profs will be like, you know what? I don't know why I did this, but I put cologne on. <laughs> like, no, he's like, he's like you know, he'll say like, I put cologne on for this meeting, and I'm just like, 
why? And he's like, I don't know why either. But it's just like, I felt like if everyone is in the room, I got to put the cologne on. I was like, you got to mark your territory or something. Then? <laughs> so it's just interesting to see that there's certain rituals that come about from just, you know, working in the profession and also working online. Mm-hmm. But then that brings me to another point. In some offices, especially as the summer approaches, because you guys have both had the ability to work in your offices a year ago in the summer right? Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon in the summer to have like beer Fridays or like, you know, let's go out to beach day or let's have like a, an event where you guys all go out to a golf club or something, right? Like we, we've had the, or mm-hmm. barbecues, right? So now that, you know, coming back to that social dimension, like being in an architecture firm isn't just simply socially being there to hear other people and being in shouting distance of someone else. But let's be honest here, like you, you, you're working with these people, you're going to make some friends. And quite frankly, there's some social gatherings that are often held in offices, especially in the summer, like, you know, volleyball days, baseball tournaments, whatever. So I'll start with you, Ben, based on your experience in the office last summer versus now, can you describe the kind of social activity or social events and how they've changed? We've recently been trying to start doing uh, lunches over Zoom. So once like a week. watching we'll, other people eat. Yeah, pretty much. And we'll just talk casually kind of thing. Just because we, we used to, when the weather was nice, go out and get lunch and stuff. And then on Fridays, we have this thing called a creative session, where for the last hour of work, we kind of all go to the meeting room, watch somebody present something, have some beer and chips. And then that was a kind of a nice way to end the Friday. And so now we're trying to reintroduce through Zoom now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But but seriously, you're just you. Pretty, yeah, you're just, watching other people mod. eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Play with the backgrounds and stuff, for sure. Okay, that's just weird. That's just weird to me. But hey, different strokes. The office culture. <laughs> no, that that's cool. Vanessa, help me out here. What do you guys do? Okay, we don't eat with each other at lunch, but we do have social events every Friday. I had one today, and it's always at 11 a.m., and we just sit and talk, catch up with our lives. I watch all the architects change their backgrounds to where they wish they were, like in Hawaii for that meeting or something like that, and it's it's been nice doing that, and also with the other co-op students, too, we occasionally just have meetings with each other over Teams and just FaceTime, catch up, and it's it's been okay I guess it's Mm -hmm. not as fun obviously just because you can't do any activities sometimes not everybody's able to join but I think it's uh, really nice with the thought that um, my firm is putting into all the social activities yeah you know what it's it's interesting because I, I will get to like working outside of the firm and working with friends now that the kind of pandemic has forced us to engage with larger groups of people in that way but you know when it comes to not just watching other people eat, because that's just playing creepy, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, like, I find it hilarious, and I've also put this out there, and some of my colleagues, we've done this, where it's like, let's play Pictionary with the mouse, right? Yeah. And you know very well that it sucks to have to, like, especially for left-handed people, too. Like, oh, yeah. when we're using a mouse to draw something, it's like, okay, so draw a lobster. And you're like, what? With a mouse? That <laughs> it, it looks like you drew it with the, your feet or something, right? So... I think that there's a whole bunch of new games that have come about as a result of the pandemic that work online. And and just speaking with some of my uh, students when I do the site visits, some of them actually are doing exactly this. Like they're they're playing like interesting trivia games and, and stuff within the office to really get that rapport. Obviously, it's not as cool as watching other people eat, but I find yeah, that it's, yeah, a, it's a really good way of engaging people. Uh, with activity. So I guess the, the other thing is just as students, guys, like, I mean, you're not just simply working all your live long day, right? Like, at the end of a day, does it does a day really end at a normal time? Or do you still like find yourself working weird architecture time hours? Vanessa? I, oh, my schedule is very, very flexible by working at home, actually. I have somebody messaging me on the weekend asking, hey, I see that you're online. Do you mind if you do this for me? Or like, it'll be at 11 p.m. I'm getting ready for bed. And somebody asked me, hey, I see you're online. Do you mind doing this for me as well? And it's sometimes I even have people starting at random times. Like I'm waiting for a meeting at 1030. And I assume that they're awake by then. But then I get a message saying, oh, sorry, I woke up late. <laughs> and I'm like, that's interesting. It's like, you're so, my boss. Yeah. So the hours are definitely a lot more flexible working from home. And everybody sort of has that like 
understanding, I guess, that maybe I shouldn't message you at 5 p.m., but I'm going to try anyways. Well, I don't think that's, I don't think they get the message because clearly they're asking you. So that's, that's like really super passive aggressive. It's like, yeah, I really should be aware, but you know, I'm going to ask you anyways. Come on, man. <laughs> Honestly, it depends on the person. Okay. But, really but, but would I gather that those types of requests wouldn't have happened prior to the pandemic, right? For sure. Okay. Okay. And, and just for the record, like, how are you guys monitoring who's online or not? Like you, you guys don't have it. Like it's, it's not like Facebook or anything else or like, you know, like you can actually turn it all off, right? It sort of is with teams. They can see mm -hmm. if you're online or not. And yeah, but I... teams, you can just shut down. Like don't, you don't have to leave teams on. Like what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Sometimes I change it. I do, but I have teams on my personal laptop, on my laptop, work laptop, on my phone. So sometimes the status just changes on its own. And I'm like, oh, um, technically I'm not online, <laughs> but uh, so you gotta, maybe, maybe Ben's got to teach you not only how to fast mute, but also how to fast switch out mm -hmm, of teams, man, sure. just kill yourself on teams. <laughs> so Ben, do you find that that's the, the same situation with you where like you're getting asked at random times or is it just kind of status quo? Like your typical day is your typical day. Uh, it's been pretty much the same as Vanessa. It's depending on the, the project and the deadline that's coming up. I'll get weird messages late at night or on the weekend for different submissions, but more or less, it's been been the same aside from that. Now, do you mind that? Like, I mean, I, I know that for some people, it's, it's weird because I talked to yeah. some profs and some administrators and they're like, Vince, man, you, you cannot work on the weekends. Vince, you cannot respond to emails until the Monday comes. Like, even if you got an email at like Friday at like four o'clock, realistically, people shouldn't be responding to them and you shouldn't be uh, t setting a precedent where you respond to emails like over the weekend, right? Because work is work, right? Mm -hmm. Do you find that that's a situation with you where like you, you, you kind of say, look, man, it, it, I, I, I'm okay with it as a one-off, but like if it's consistent, yeah, does yeah. that grate on you? Well, typically what I'll do now for the weekend, I'll, I'll just shut everything off. So I don't have teams on my personal computer mm -hmm. i only have it on my work and but i do have email on my phone just in case there's anything crazy yeah. urgent mm -hmm. but aside from that i've been pretty good with shutting it off and i typically end the day around six which is the typical time mm -hmm. but it's been so so much nicer now with the staying home because i don't have to commute so now yeah. i save two hours out of the day there and mm -hmm. back so I now I have all this free time I don't know what to do with. Oh, no. <laughs> ben, do a couple of competitions, yeah, yeah. man. Come on. Learn some sure. scripting. I don't oh, know. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So, so if that's the case with you, mm -hmm. right? You know, I'll, I'll go back to you, Vanessa, because Ben seems to indicate that he's, he's got a way to like close it all off, right? Mm -hmm. and and but but Ben at the same time these people got your cell phone numbers too so I'm just surprised that <laughs> they just true. don't call you yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so but Vanessa do you find that it's becoming like the new standard like part of the quote-unquote new normal is that I can reach you anytime like and and do you find that you're dealing with like that every day or is it just once a week like how often is this stuff happening yeah I guess now just because of the whole pandemic more people have been doing that usually it's just like that one person before when it, everything was um normal I guess mm -hmm. um I'd have that one person send emails at 12 a.m. Um, asking, hey, can you do this and this for Monday, though? Like, they would yeah. they would change the time for sure. But now it's like everybody sort of hopped on that train and it's just like, hey, um, I know we're all working weird hours, so I guess we all can do stuff at any time. But if it's really, like, really annoying, I guess, I don't know how to word this, um, I think I've had one instance where I got a message at, uh, I think it was like 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. They asked like, hey, for the weekend, do you mind doing this, 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 this? I just sent an email to like my manager asking, hey. Um, oh, you snitched? No, I just had questions about our hours because our hours changed too while working online. Like I used to be able to uh, work a lot of overtime and I could log it in, but... Mm -hmm because working from home there were some restrictions for a bit just because they were trying to figure out everything with the task codes and all that mm -hmm. um i had to like send an email to my boss saying hey um should i be working at this time like would it uh -huh. count towards my hours and they they told me you don't have to but if you need to, you should, and you should talk to your manager directly. That is the least so, clear answer. <laughs> it's been weird for me personally. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So 
that I'm sorry to hear that that's that's the case, but I want to move into the other parts of a typical architect's duties. Like in a conventional architecture co-op, you would have opportunities to not only work with supervisors, as we described, and also meet other people in the meetings. But, you know, sometimes we have an opportunity to go to site and sometimes we have an opportunity to get out of the office and do stuff right now with physical distancing, you know, even the university can't sanction things like exchanges. Right. So obviously the office really has a difficult time sanctioning you guys doing things, but did you guys, I'll start with you, Vanessa. Did you guys have, did you have an opportunity to ever go outside of the office? Unfortunately, I was not able to do any actual site visits, but I did have external meetings at different offices with different um, firms or people that we're working with. Mm -hmm. um, for site visits, we couldn't really do it just because we had to like we had to go through a lot of different kinds of training just because I work in the transit department. So it's mm -hmm. like a little different. Mm -hmm. okay. I, yeah. Okay. So, so just then... You know, when you went to the other offices, like I'm assuming it was like other stakeholders or consultants offices. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, that's meeting. And I'm assuming now that when you go online, you know, you're, you're talking, I'm assuming that you're meeting up some new people, correct? Yeah, actually I am. So, so then do you not find that there's a, a certain detachment now? Because at least if you're physically meeting someone, you can be like, yeah, it's that guy. And you shake his or her hand, you know, mm -hmm. you have the ability to go, yep, that guy has a good sense of humor. I, I, you know, cause people are more reserved I find on zoom because you can't mm -hmm. be sarcastic. You can't be cracking jokes all the time. Right. So mm -hmm. do you not find that meeting new people? It's, it's a little bit different now when you're, especially clients or stakeholders. Yeah, it's definitely different. I feel like it's more scripted just because like everything's on time. Like this meeting is at this time. And there's like when I used to go to meetings, like obviously you would go 10, 15 minutes early and wait there. And you had that time for like conversation. Mm -hmm. And now with everything being online, everything feels a little more scripted on on schedule. We end at this time. There's no really there's no time sort of like dedicated to just like talking or like introducing each other really ah so there's no ryerson time where they give you that 10 minutes to get late <laughs> for every single it's course like in you're, class. There, yeah. you're there we're like we'll awkwardly wait a minute and then we're starting like, oh my god you're absolutely right because that's the other thing i hate because i'll be like uh you know you go into these things and it's like you're a minute late and it's like look man any other situation if i was a minute late no one would lose their mind but the like i'm late one minute and everyone freaks out because like oh my god is the meeting happening what <laughs> yeah <laughs> right i was just out of another meeting cut me some slack right um yeah. so so ben just coming back to you mm -hmm. do you ever have to go to site at all um i not necessarily like a construction site but i had to go to multiple sites to measure for mm -hmm. uh, the drawings i know yep. for one we were doing this recladding project on uh, madison street in toronto so it was this old old uh house that we were recladding and I had to go in the roof <laughs> of this old building which was pretty cool and then aside from that we we would go to like uh this this uh furniture designer brothers dresler oh i know so those guys yeah yep. yeah so we went to their site at the junction triangle that was mm -hmm. really cool mm -hmm. so stuff like that i've done but not necessarily a construction site visit Okay, but now that you don't have that ability, like, I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about stuff like as-built drawings. You're talking yeah. about meeting the, the, the brothers wrestler. That, that's good to hear. I didn't know that Taylor Smith dealt with them directly. Mm -hmm. um, but so those are opportunities to engage uh, typical tasks. Like, I mean, it's not unheard of for architecture students in co-ops to like do site visits, to do measurements, to do all those fun things. Do you find that going with the pandemic that those duties are dealt with by other people or do we just simply shelve them until later or like how's how's that addressed yeah we typically have one or two guys in the office that deal with mainly the contract admin stuff so they'll always be on site making sure everything's up to par and mm -hmm. constantly going back and forth to site and then double checking with rob or michael so we've had those, those guys were the pre-existing designated people to go to site and that's mm -hmm. kind of stayed the same ah okay mm -hmm. all right so let's let's take it all full circle now, though, guys. Um, when when you guys are coming back to school, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be going into an online situation, right? So, do you think that your experience working in co-op and working in industry is preparing you for that kind of online discourse? Because we have kids that are in first year or going into first year, they've never had online. And at the same time, yeah. we've had kids that have had it in this kind of ad hoc emergency effort at mm. the middle of last term. 
So uh, do you guys feel comfortable transitioning from co-op online to now school online? I think like, so. I, th I think more so because uh, you get in such a respect for uh, well-organized documents on your computer and on the server. <laughs> so the organization is just perfect now. So I feel like that'll help a lot. Okay. And then also now you know your mute buttons commands. Yeah, that's that's, good. exactly. But, but Vanessa, do you, do you have any, uh, you know, hesitation about starting school and transitioning from co-op online? No, I think it's going to be fairly similar with working um, at my placement, just because like the workflow will probably be the same where you're going to need to collaborate on different projects. So you're going to keep that like um, workflow, sorry to repeat mm -hmm. myself, but you're going to maintain that workflow as I, as I leave my placement and go into school. So it's just like continuation, really. And it's just okay. like, now, instead of um, participating as much, you're going to be learning more, and then you're going to be collaborating with other students, but it's all still really the same. Well, I think it is the same, but it also isn't because there's a whole bunch of things that I just want to raise, which, you know, as, as a prof, I've had to look into redeveloping a lot of the way I teach. We know that kids can't really sit through, they can sit through a three hour lecture with me. Well, mm -hmm. I think kids, come on, you got it. Do you like my lectures? Sure. Yes. Thank, thank. yes. See, see, that was a good faster response, but you got to make it, you got to <laughs> do it with, you got to do it with emotion. You got to make it convincing. But understandably, sitting through three hours of a lecture conventionally is a lot to ask of a kid, right? But then to say, hey, go watch the Lord of the Rings kind of thing, three hours straight online, that is, that's a lot to ask of a student, right? And mm -hmm. we've had to like, look at, hey, do we break it down into like digestible pieces, right? Do we say we teach for 20 minutes and then we take a break or do we just do whatever at smaller increments and we have to find ways to engage? My concern is that, listen, have you guys not encountered Zoom fatigue? Have you guys not said, man, I can't stand, yeah. like there are days probably where you literally sat in front of the computer, didn't move except to go to the washroom. You sat probably for like 12 hours straight in front of the computer, mm -hmm. right? Do you not think that that's going to be a challenge moving forward? Like, I'll start with you, Vanessa. Like, that, that's a lot, man. Yeah, now that I think about it, going back to the three-hour lectures and just listening to, to it continuously might definitely be different. Because at most, our meetings are, like, an hour, mm -hmm. and you're always, like, talking, right? You're involved with the process. Versus, like, if it's a lecture for three hours straight, I don't know how that would go. I feel like this is a conversation to have with somebody who's already gone through it, see what they've done or what they think uh, it should be more like. Well, you know what? I'm actually trying to find out myself still um, yeah. teaching, teaching studio right now. And, you know, the, the good thing about this, the Zoom stuff is that like we, we can get lectures from around the world. Like we just had a couple of really great architects from France give a lecture mm. in, in, in our uh, studio. We've also been able to get a tour of a architectural fabrication facility, uh, you know, and see how stuff is actually produced. We've also had like the chief epidemiologist, right, mm. uh, come in to give talks uh, about things for our pandemic studio. So it, it's really convenient to have that. And I, I would gather that if we are able to digest those things into like hour long blocks, that would really add value to, to the kind of way we dispense with education. But at the same time, that's still looking at a screen for a long ass amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. So Ben, just coming back to you then, like we're, we're talking about sitting in front of a screen. Are you, are you ready for that? Especially a big guy like you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like discipline is going to be a huge factor in this because there's so many more distractions when you're just sitting at your, at your home, your personal desk, and you have so many things around you that you could be doing aside from the three-hour lecture. Well, you, you know what's kind of funny? Um, I'm not sure if you guys, you guys, so you guys don't really use Zoom all that much, right? Uh, no. Not so much. No. Okay. No. So, so in Zoom, there's funny things where you can actually just uh, present your slides, but mm. then you can also have present your slides and also present your computer audio with your slides, right? Oh. Okay. So the thing is like, if you were, if you had like audio in your PowerPoint, right? I've made the mistake of like not turning that on. So it's like, Vince, I can't hear the audio in the video that's being played, right? So we, we realize that that's a problem. But then sometimes when we're in a meeting and a prof will have their presentation up and they've got it so that there's audio, so it says present and so play audio, right? It's all cool. But then once they stop presenting, or once they stop their presentation part, right? And their screen's still up. And then they go, okay, like someone else starts talking about the stuff that's on the slide that, that they're sharing. The prof will actually turn on Spotify and you'll hear the music that the pro like that's how distracted they are, right? Like oh, it's because like yeah. yeah, whatever, I don't care. And it's like oh crap, forgot to mute myself, right? 
Um, so yeah. I see a lot of me competing against Netflix. Like I can honestly mm. see a window where I'm giving a lecture and you, Ben, will be watching me pretend to watch me and just nod and smile all the time. But in the meantime, you're watching like Tiger King, right? <laughs> so, so I think you guys got to learn how to focus and you guys got to get some discipline. Mm -hmm, for sure. But that all said, kids, so are there any questions about like, you know, it's got any apprehensions about school starting online. Come on, you're going your yeah. final year, kick at the can. I know I've had to deal with a lot of you kids worried about, oh my God, the courses or whatever. Nothing from you guys, from the co-op kids? You guys have I, never had yeah. this online stuff, man. I'm pretty curious to see how the, the studios will work out with when you sit with your prof usually and you kind of go over your drawings and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Kind of interested I, how that'll, that'll work. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Vanessa, say it. Mm -hmm. Um. I know that Ed Studio has like a couple assignments where it's like they have that painting one and presenting that I feel like might be like really difficult, I guess. And just seeing how like all the other like pro projects work out online might be like really. You think painting's hard? <laughs> how about making models? Like, can you imagine? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, this is the one year in I don't know how long that I have not taught in first year. And I was like, I guess it's good. But it's at the same time, I was like, wouldn't you want to have a digital guy teaching in this pandemic in first year because guess what you're not going to have like tons of projects where it's like okay kids let's go and use mom's kitchen or vanessa's dining room and make a site model right mm -hmm. like and and use your use your like butcher knife to cut out terrain lines right like it, it's just weird to, to imagine that we're going to have the same kind of model of operation so yeah vanessa having paintings having models all these different things it's going to be tricky but we're, we're finding ways to get around it right so uh i think that we all know that the students have a certain digital acumen, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that, for example, the first years that we just had this past year, they know how to do everything from VR and everything else. I'm going to make that in second year. They're going to be doing some uh, digital VR-based stuff. We're going to be uh, kind of like how in third year, we typically, I've, I've mandated that we use Revit, right? Um, I think that in lieu of the fact that they don't really have the ability to make long big drawings like experiential sections mm -hmm. right or big physical models why not just go to the next level and hone their digital uh skills right and that's where we go okay fine vr the hell out of everything or like let's, let's experiment with that medium so i think that all of you guys in fourth year you're going to have some option studios that will really uh, allow for that investigation into this online thing so i wouldn't worry too too much and mm -hmm. and understand that the profs will change up the way they uh ideally the, the profs will change up the, the way they ask for you guys to showcase your learning right so mm -hmm. i won't worry too much about that what other questions do you guys have because i mean my concern right now is that for all you co-op kids that haven't had a chance to go on this online learning right uh i want to answer some of these questions now because you're not the only two i've got a lot of other people that have asked a lot of questions about going online nothing would the would the requirements change because typically in the for studio projects, uh, you need like a physical model or something like you talked about. Mm -hmm. So would we need, I guess, additional drawings like Axos? Mm -hmm. no, uh, that becomes ben, more ben, of a requirement. No, ben, Ben, Ben. I think that's, no, no, let's, <laughs> let's, let's clarify this. No studio, except for maybe mm -hmm. first year, yeah. mandates that you use a specific medium, right? Okay. Like first year, that's first true. term, we say you have yeah. to draw. First year, first term, you have to like use a computer, use, mm -hmm. make a model and all that stuff. It, in, in, I've taught fourth year studios where I've never asked for a physical model. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've taught, uh, I think, fourth year studios where every project mandated a physical artifact of some sort. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it, it, that's not a standard thing, and and that's good because remember, fourth year it's an option, right? So there, there's no consistency across the different uh, instructors. All right. Okay. So that all said, though, let's talk about just close out a couple of things because I'm going to give you a story. I'm going to ask you guys for some stories about some funny things. I've given you a couple of stories already about me trying to negotiate online learning and going from conventional online teaching to digital teaching. Right. And uh, you know, whether it's helping my colleagues use Google docs or just like, Hey, you know what? You might want to learn how to turn that mute on. Right. So we don't hear you flushing the mm -hmm. toilets and stuff. Um, I, I've also been guilty of that too. Like I got a little story where I had a meeting um, with with uh, Mark, the chair of the department, and it was a, it was a meeting that was pretty heated because I was saying like, no, we shouldn't do that. That's absolutely stupid. And you know, you can imagine what I was saying, right? Um, so I was pretty I was pretty irate in this conversation. And then of course the meeting was going late, and then my daughter calls, and she's on uh, calling me via video conference on my phone, right? So I'm just like, okay, 
Uh, Mark, I'm just going to put you on mute and I'm just going to, you know, you, you guys, you, you guys keep on carrying forth your meeting, but I'm just going to go on mute and I'm going to talk to my kid on my phone. Right. So I muted myself out of the, out of the conversation. So they couldn't hear me. So I'm like, Hey honey, how's it going? Right. Like just talking to my, talking to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, honey, I, I am in a meeting. I will call you in about 15 minutes. So is that cool? And she's like, yep, no problem. So this is the thing on the phone though. I thought I pressed stop call. Apparently, my I have no soul, so my phone didn't actually stop the call. So then I go back onto the conversation, and I'm wailing away. I'm I know I'm using some uh, harsh, not 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 inappropriate, but some harsher words in that conversation. And then I, I'm I'm going down, laying down, and then my phone starts, you know, texting up, and it's like it's like vibrating. I'm like, what's going on? And then my wife is on the uh, my wife sends me text messages saying, hey, are you okay? Our daughter said that you said this word, this word, this word, <laughs> is everything okay? Cause she's kind of sad. She thinks that you're angry with her. And I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. So I was like, Ooh, I got to watch that stuff out. So have you guys, I'll start with you, Ben. Have you guys had any fun stories of working in the industry online? We've had during one of our weekly meetings is one of the more like the serious projects that we were working on. And one of the, the partners started speaking, but their audio jack was messed up. So they sounded like Darth Vader. And it was the <laughs> deepest voice I've ever heard in my life. And he was talking completely serious about this serious topic in this crazy voice. And he's voice. like, we will end the yeah. Jedi. It took about, I'd say, five minutes before somebody kind of built up the courage to let him know that his, uh, <laughs> his voice was so deep. But yeah. Oh. And Vanessa? Um, we've had uh, Monday presentations where our um, colleagues would just present a new topic every week. And our friend, it's, I can't give names. Um, a colleague? A colleague. He was showing us his house renovation. And he was the very first presentation mm-hmm. for when we started working from home. So he was able to give us live footage of him walking through his home. However, I think what was funny was just all the te- technical difficulties that we he would have, like almost tripping up the stairs, swearing under his breath, thinking we can't hear him as he's <laughs> presenting. Look at my new concrete slab. Look at that. Look how smooth. Oh, and then he's just swearing off in the background. Like, <laughs> we can't hear him, but we definitely could. <laughs> so uh... that was fun. See, it's stuff like that that makes me so excited to have you guys back so I can mm-hmm. say the most inappropriate things when I start teaching my classes again. Uh, it, it's funny because my wife, uh, like, I know that my son, he's, I think he's, he's going to be three. The thing is, it's, it's hot in, in Cambridge where my, where my family is. And um, so it's not uncommon for my son to just like, take off his clothes and just be in his diaper. Right. And he'll run around and sometimes he'll forget to take his socks off. So sometimes I've, I've heard about this and I've seen this where I'll be talking to my daughter and my three-year-old will streak in the background going, Yay! and he's just wearing a diaper and it's just like, oh my God, what's going on? And then you hear my wife, cause she's on a meeting and she'll be like, Hey, get, like she'll say, she'll say to him, Hey, what are you doing there? Right. Like, it's just like all this inappropriate stuff going on. And then of course, there's that one time where ultimately my kid, uh, apparently he took the hose. Like this is again, a three year, he's not even three. He's like two. He, we have a little uh, slide in the backyard. And, and of course my wife was just doing some like meetings outside. And of course my son decides to take the hose that's sprinkling the water and he puts it on the actual slide. So it's a water slide. He again, strips off his clothes and sets himself to like a suicide run on the slide. Ah, can't wait for all this fun stuff to go down as we go into the new year, man. You guys going to get a glimpse of Prof's lives. You're going to get a glimpse of, yeah, yeah, it's hilarious because, you know, I'm going to say it right now, uh, Colin, I'm going to call you out on this, man. So I'll have meetings with Colin sometimes and Colin will have the camera facing, like he'll have the window on his, to his back, right? And the Mm -hmm. camera will be facing him, right? So obviously you see a silhouette of Colin, Mm -hmm. right? And then of course, Colin has a cat. And no word of a lie, it looks like he's a Bond villain where the cat just sits on his lap and he starts petting the cat and he's talking and all you see is a silhouette doing that. And the best part was that we were in a meeting with Colin and Cheryl, okay? And this this cat comes by the cat, like the cat just finally gets up and leaves and walks right by the camera. And you can kind of make out that it's a black and white cat. It walks across the screen. And then suddenly, like a minute later, on Cheryl's screen, in the, like on the, on the Brady Bunch photo, 
this black and white cat comes and runs into Cheryl's face. And we're just like, what the hell? Are like Cheryl and, and Colin living together? No, it's because they both have the exact same designer black and white cat. It was just really weird how that happened. You guys get to get some good oh. glimpses of Prof's inner lives, okay? Oh yeah, definitely gonna screen record that. Yes, all right. <laughs> so with that guys, I wanna say thank you very much for your time. I know you guys are probably on call. Vanessa's probably got like tons of messages from her <laughs> boss going, where are you? Uh, but I wanted to say thank you very much. And it's been very enlightening because you guys have helped me a lot in explaining to people what it is exactly that has changed from going in co-op conventionally and where it's on digitally. Because I think a lot of students understand going from the regular studio to the digital studio to a certain degree. But I think some of those that are in co-op or about to go into co-op, they might have some questions. And I'm glad you guys were able to raise that. So thank you very much. And thank you again for taking the time. For sure. Thank you. This was fun.